Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 140 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by americascardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from americascardroom.com, Simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the adverts or banners on the OneOuter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are available on the OneOuter.com website and via iTunes for free. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then please email questions at OneOuter.com or you can tweet them or post them in the Facebook group. Alex, episode 140, uh, sort of like nice round number, um, nice uh, milestone. And if you are a reader of Alex's newsletter, you'll know that Alex is uh, answering this call and doing this podcast from a new retirement community in Florida um, (laughs) (laughs) with his dogs and he's like eating cat food now or something. Alex, fill us in. Well, I just wrote a, I was in a diner, as I am one to do, and I was writing an email, and there was a lot of, there's a certain speed you have to go at when you're trying to balance the poker career with the, with with uh, teaching and the consulting people I talked with, oh, you got to run this promotion, you got to run this promotion, and I don't know why, Barry, but it just hit me like a rock. I, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. I'm not done with teaching, by the way. Keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I realized recently, I've been talking about this with my students, last uh, six months have been Essentially, before I went to Prague, I was able to coach to my heart's content because I had my finances in order. I was, I, I found myself with quite a bit of time. And we, I, I probably coached a little too much, but I didn't really care because I, I just love working with my students. And when I felt that good, I went to Prague, and it felt like a free roll, and then I final tabled the WPT. And then you get all the people working on it, and it's, well, it's, you gotta, you gotta come back. You gotta, you gotta start playing more. Mm -hmm. And then you start making the budgets, and the budgets, you guys, uh, I don't, I never know how to explain it to you guys. It's tens of thousands of dollars. So when you see me final table for 15,000 USD in uh, Prague, that doesn't really do a whole lot. Uh, and uh, you're, you're talking 40,000, 50,000 for the series. And it, it just occurred to me recently, I'm, uh, I'm past this. I, I don't... Uh, 
I can't play poker full-time anymore. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop playing poker. I it, it was more for me just a transition of focus, but I have been listening for years to people saying, why would anybody be a full-time poker coach? Because the assumption is, if you're that good, you would go make... Uh, you would go make a ton of money at poker yourself. What they don't understand is perhaps I don't want to be in Vegas for six weeks of the year. Or perhaps that's not that important to me. Maybe maybe a bracelet isn't really what I need to feel good about myself. And in my case, perhaps there's other passions or places I want to live that mean much more. If you really care about poker... Poker is your reason for being, which is fine, by the way. Poker's a very, very fun game, and if you want to commit your life to playing this game, there is a lot of money in that, and it's a very intellectually it's a very intellectually stimulating pursuit, but you do have to live in one of a very few places. Uh, Las Vegas is one of them. Las Vegas is fine. I don't know if you... Barry, you've been to Las Vegas. Could you imagine living out here no. for... No. Yeah, yeah it's, a t- it's a tough place to live. I love Vegas. Uh, I love Vegas quite a bit, but it, it's a tough place to live. Uh, well, if you're in Canada, you got to live in Kahnawake, Quebec, or Montreal, which is fine, but maybe you don't speak French. Maybe that's not your city. And uh, in Europe, I don't, I'm not really sure what the equivalent would be, London. Uh, and maybe London isn't for you. And... If you want to be the next Chip Reese or Phil Ivey, that is a 60, 70-hour-a-week pursuit. And if there's other things that are more important to you, that might not be the profession you choose. And I really sat back and I thought, there's going to be full-time coaches in poker at some point. There are full-time coaches in chess. By the way, aren't even... uh, Josh Whiteskin, uh, by the way, funniest name ever. <laughs> because Josh White Honky, uh, he uh, Josh Whiteskin was a very very good uh, chess master, and he described one of his coaches as he wouldn't be. I guess he wouldn't be a sterling professional on the tour, but he was really good at posing situations that were endlessly frustrating. Uh, Andre Agassi hired Brad Gilbert, and Brad Gilbert was known as... John McEnroe at one point screamed at Brad Gilbert, you are the effing worst, Brad. I have never seen anyone worse than you. And I, I think he said just, you're the effing worst, but I think he went on to say something like that. But your your coach is supposed to push you forward. Now, that could mean many things. And I've always been very drawn to that. I've always been very drawn to waking up and having my lessons and drinking my coffee and working with my students. And I've always been made to feel guilty about that by my peers. And just over the last few years, professional poker has become... I would have to... I not only would I have to play more than ever before, I would have to study more than ever before. And when I 
I seem to do really well playing poker when I don't really care about the results, but when it becomes you have to be a professional player, th this is a... Uh, this is something that doesn't make sense to me because Phil Jackson isn't playing pickup basketball every day. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's in every uh, in every pursuit, uh, in every competitive pursuit, the coaches aren't coach players. It's all, it's not that normal. Now, luckily with poker I can still play and I should still play because I need to remain current and I, I think I I do actually play quite a bit uh, I really do like uh, I, I really do like playing but I want people to know now I'm my job is full time poker teacher and writer and more specifically I think I'm supposed to be a teacher I can write not uh, not nonfiction. I I can write something. I don't want to say self help articles because that has a certain connotation, connotation uh, which uh, is not. Uh, it, it has a it has a very strange uh, way of being that many people who probably shouldn't be helping you are helping you, <laughs> but. I do seem to be able to write in a way that helps people, and I do seem to be able to help people since I started coaching. I've had wait lists. I've worked with num multiple number one ranked pocket fivers. I've worked with WPT Players of the Year, thousands of students, and if you look at if you look at my reviews on Pocket Fives coaching, it seems like this is what I'm really good at. Poker, I'm poker. I'm pretty good. I busted my ass to be a pretty good pro. And honestly, the guy you want teaching you is me. The 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 normal guy who had to work really hard to become good. That's the guy who could be a really good coach for you, because I know every trick in the game to get get to where you need to go. Because I'm not naturally really gifted at this game, so. If you take my shortcuts with hopefully you got you have some talent, you can go really, really far. And if you don't have the talent, I can still help you get there. And that seems to be a very specialized skill set that not when when I talk to Flush Entity or something, uh, some of these guys they're just on another planet. I, they wouldn't be able to. I, I don't know about Flush Entity, but many of these guys could not teach you what they're doing. And I think that's really evidenced by. When you watch their training videos, they're so confusing, <laughs> some of these guys. It's like, wait, wait, what? You're contradicting yourself. And the, the truth is, those guys can't really tell you why they do what they do either. Uh, why they do, because they're, they're very nuanced. They're, they're very naturally gifted at the game. Whereas I found out with the myth of poker talent, there's certainly, it really helps a lot of people just to go, Hey, look, you know, I wasn't that great at poker either, but I uh, I had to pay my bills, so I found a way to do it. And uh, th these are the ways I've jury-rigged it to get my money. And then I I've seen how that motivates people of all walks of life. If you don't really feel empowered in life, but then you go into a poker game, and even if you don't succeed at the poker game initially, if you go in not understanding something, 
and then seeing something that a pro does and countering that play, just countering that play gives people a feeling of empowerment, which is really hard to naturally get in life. And I think using that, poker really is just a springboard for me being able to teach you about many things that have helped me get out of uh, poverty to being a very happy person. Mm. And that's really, that's really what I want to do, Barry. I realize what I want to do with my life is I want to help people be happy. I want people to be, I want to help people be successful. But my definition of success is can you do the things you want to do and are you happy doing them? It doesn't necessarily mean money, but money obviously always helps. Uh, It's really hard to be happy when you're homeless, obviously. But at at the same time, uh, I've had quite a bit of money before, and I've been very unhappy. And I've had no money, and I've been very happy. So I know money doesn't really... uh, You want to have enough of it, and I'm pretty sure I can teach people through poker. If they want to do this for a living, I can teach them how to make enough of of it. I've, I've done it professionally for over a decade. I know every trick in the book. Uh, but more than that, I want to help people. And poker is a really nice way for men to communicate with each other where normally they wouldn't. It's hard for men to reach out for help in a lot of other ways. But through a game, we can learn to be more assertive. We can learn to be more controlled people. We can learn to be more thoughtful. And I'm having a lot of fun carrying that over, carrying that over to other avenues of life and helping people with that and getting the emails about, oh, you helped me with this or you helped me with that or I was going through a tough time in my life and just being able to think about this game. There's a reason sports are so important. It, it's, it, they give men a bit of a, an, a I don't want to say an escape but a way to think about games and to return to their youth and to be a little playful for a second. And the really cool thing about poker is if you watch, uh, if you watch American football, it's going to be really hard to get 10 other guys in the pads together on Sunday and get another team of 11 guys in the pads and a referee and a scoreboard and a hundred yard field to play a game. But with poker, you can, uh, you can play with your neighbor and for no money, and it can still be fun and competitive. And that's really what I want to do. So I, I just decided, you know what? My purpose in life is to teach people, to help people. I've never really cared about the money when it came to teaching. I, I taught lessons for free constantly because I felt it was the right thing to do because that I, I chose to do it. There's many times... Uh, I deliver my, I've done free lessons for friends of mine. I've done free lessons for students I felt needed it. I've done reduced price lessons. uh, And I deliver it with the same amount of passion that I've done for $1,000, $2,000 webinars when they've paid me to sit in there for classes of 100 people or something where obviously the fee is a little bit larger. And, uh, I deliver it with the same passion. I realize I don't care about the money when it comes to teaching and writing. It makes me satisfied and very happy, uh, regardless of the money. Whereas poker, if I'm not making money at it, it's, it's tough. 
it's really it's it's obviously you start worrying a little bit more and I want to go back to this being more of a more of a game mm-hmm. and not be all end all in life. So on that note, I have retired from professional poker. I am now a full time poker coach. Uh, like my hero, Phil Jackson. I'm no longer playing pickup games <laughs> in the streets. And uh, yeah, it's and full time writer. I'm I I'm going back. I've been writing. 4,000, 5,000 words a day, Barry, and I think we're... I learned a lot about the self-publishing process with the new book, and I actually have... Tommy Angelo was nice enough to put me in touch with somebody who can help me get my books out. Mm-hmm. Very... I think he self-published his new book. I, I'm, not, I'm not positive about that, but I think he might have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the he's put me in touch with some really nice uh, people... And it looks like we're going to start streamlining this. And I think we've talked about this before, Barry, but just holding books you created means a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just seeing people hold the new book, Sharp Staking, just having two books out. It sounds weird, but that, that actually, when the Myth of Poker Talent came out, that was really cool, but I felt like, well, of course that book is selling. That's my book. That's everything I know about poker. And then when Sharp Staking came out, that was actually just, it's a very small offshoot of my poker expertise, which is just backing. And all the responses have been really positive. Just the, wow, the real-life stories were really interesting, and it really made the... the, My buddy, uh, Daniel Casper, he called me because he had the research, but he said, you know, this is pretty heavy-duty stuff. And I, I read it, and I went, I have no idea what you're talking about. Then he explained it to me a few times. I said, okay, let me help you put it together in a way people could understand. And that was just a passion project, something my friend and I were kind of, tee-hee, this is fun. And uh, now it's a book, and it's helping a lot of people. And that, that really, we were having a blast putting that book together, and now we're having a blast with it out. And then it's a... Uh, it's helping him get work, I, I think. I, I think that's the last I heard, and it's uh, it's helping people, and yeah, it's a it's a good feeling just to be. It's a, it's a good feeling to have purpose in life. This a, uh, a friend of mine just wrote. Uh, Jim just wrote me an email, and it was really interesting. I, I guess his mother was a teacher. He. Uh, he he was saying, I think I, I skimmed this email because I just got a bunch of emails, uh, but he, uh, it was, his mother was a teacher, I, and uh, at her funeral, the rabbi said, who can tell me the best picture winners for the last 10 years in the Oscars? Just list them out right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everybody got two or three, and it was all the last. Everybody got the year before and maybe one other year, right? This is best picture, best movie. Who doesn't go to the movies? Nobody knew. Then he goes, okay, uh, who's won the World Series ten years in a row? Well, I'm sure there was one guy who knew, but 99% of the people don't don't know. Well, I was thinking, Barry, Barry, you love poker, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, do, I enjoy playing it and I enjoy watching it now and again. 
Oh, good. Who won the WSOP main event in 1997? Uh, if I had to guess and go for it, let me think. Um, Stu Unger? Yeah, it's one of the, I have no idea. I, I think it was Hawk C, but I don't know. Mm. I honestly don't know. Uh, if you ask me, I'm a professional poker player. If you, if you, I am a professional poker player who works 60 hours a week. I, I could not tell you the last 10 winners of the WSOP. If I racked my brain, WSOP main event. Yeah. If I racked my brain, I could probably get five, six, seven of them. Stu Ungar won it. That's, that's, I just Googled it, yeah. He won well, the 97. Yeah. Well, Hoxseed was 99, I guess. I think Hoxseed was 98, if I remember. I can start, oh, okay. I've got it in my head, like, a few ones. But the weird thing for me is, like, the last three years, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I couldn't tell you... Uh, uh, I well, and I, I'd get the years out of order and everything, and they'd say who was at that final table. I go, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any idea. And yeah, okay, so we we, we run a poker podcast. Okay, we don't know who the WSP main event winners. Yeah, can you it, can you think of a teacher who changed your life? Um, I don't know about changed my life. I can think about uh, a teacher that affected you. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can think yeah, of a it, it, well, yeah. that, Anyway, well, the rabbi asked, "Hey, could you who who can think of a teacher who changed your life?" And everybody raised their hand. Mm. So clearly, teachers have a big part of this culture. That that's just a great demonstration of what. Uh, and I. I was thinking I didn't have a teacher change my life, and then I kind of thought of there was, there was one, there was, and I used to always say I, I don't really care about the public school system, uh, because honestly, ninety percent of my teachers in the United States were atrocious. Mm. Uh, there, I, I not, I don't want to say atrocious is too strong of a word, but I did get a lot of subtle. Not even subtle, but a lot of, oh, you didn't get your homework in again? Big surprise, which I, I was, it, I only had, I had one teacher who gave me the dignity of saying you're better than this, mm-hmm. you know, hop to it, and kind of gave me a really hard time, and she was a four foot eleven nothing Asian woman, and she, yeah, she did change my life because I felt dignified by that, and yeah, and, anyway, but Teaching does have a huge part in our culture, regardless of how it's valued uh, by the free market. But it, it, again, if uh, you obviously that's not the free market's job; it's your job to go get what you're worth. And I, I feel I I just I love what I do, and I want to focus on that now. So full time poker coach and author is yeah. my new title. Well, and. Don't I'll still be playing to get. Uh, I'll still. I'll still be playing to get research. Sorry, Barry. That was a. I, I slept about four hours, so that was a bit of a longer spiel than I meant it to be. <laughs> Forgive me, guys. No, it's good. Uh, what I was thinking was, is you touched on it yourself, but obviously some people that that saying of, you know, those who can do do, those who can't teach, sort of thing. And especially in an environment like the poker world, and you know, people say like you say. But I think people that say that have never played poker for a living or tried to play poker for a living. And, um, you know, like you say, there's so much the, the variance of playing off your own money or the stress of backing and makeup, etc. And then just putting in the hours. Like, poker's one of these things. The reason I stopped playing poker is I was like, well, 
I've got to I'm put I always put the hours in for playing, but I had to then put hours in for studying uh, away from the table and reviewing hands and coaching and stuff. And I said, well, you know what? Like this is always going to come down to an hourly rate here. Uh, it's not like business where you can get into things and you can make money. What you know now for semantics or argument's sake, you could say everything gets broken down to an hourly rate or whatever. But I mean, I mean, if you do not play poker, you do not make money from poker. You know, you can't like set up a bot to play on Poker Stars or whatever for you, and then just oh yeah, pick up my check or pay the loss at the end of the day. You have to physically sit and put in these hours. So. I think it's just like, you know, you've played a hell of a lot as well. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's something that I think certain people and personalities get to a point where they go, I actually don't want to put in as much time as this. Now, it's funny because when you say like retirement from poker, it's like, you know, if someone came out and I was a golfer and they reti- I retired from uh, golf, Tiger Woods came out and said it, then you're not going to see him at the Masters or the Open. You know, but mm-hmm. you're I, I, I know you're retired from poker playing professionally, but I assume you're still going to play live games. You're still going to play the odd tournament when you fancy it. You might go through periods where you play a little bit more than even you have in the last year. You know where you've you know sort of thing. Exactly. I, I think I think what you said yourself, it's more a mindset thing for yourself and a transition on where to shift your focus and energy. And you know, and uh, I think everyone that's had coaching from you in the past. And everyone that's going to get coaching from you in the future will actually benefit more of that because you're putting in a hundred percent time on solely teaching, and you'll be an even better teacher than you know you, you already are. But um, one thing I will do is I got this email at three o'clock today for the show, and I think we'll squeeze it in because it's 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 on topic big time, and it's just a little short email, and it's by Chris Demato, um, and he says, "Hey guys, Alex, would you still retire if you made the WSOP final table?" Cheers, Chris DiMatto. In a, in a second. I, it's, uh, that's the thing. It, it's, it's not a money issue. It's not, do I want to... It, I could... I, if I never want to pay a buy-in for the rest of my life... I want you to think of this. If I do not want, if I want to play the entire poker tour for the rest of my life, I did get an offer for a deal to play the entire WSOP for a certain percentage, and I, of myself, and I wouldn't have to put a dollar down. I turned it down. Mm-hmm. Okay, I look for better offers just in case, and then I got it, and then I still turned it down because it's not. I've it it it. it it's like you said, Barry, it's a shifting of priorities. And yeah, if you said I retired from golf, you're not going to be at the Masters. But the thing is, I no longer want, well, when are you going to get to this tournament or that tournament? I'm just going to say now, that is not my first priority. My first priority is my students. And that is my day job. That yeah. is the most important job. And if I want to go to work, teach people how to play poker, and then come home and cook and spend time with my family or my girlfriend, I'd, that, is, that, is my, that is what I want. That, that is what I want. I want a balanced life. Uh, I, I thought the entire time 
I was married, I there was a part of me that wondered because I started getting way better at poker way faster than I could have imagined when I really got time to study the game. And I more out of uh, necessity than anything, I started coaching quite a bit uh, because I was trying to pay, uh, I, I, I was trying to have a balanced life at that point. But there was always a part of me that really wanted to go back on the tour. And it, it, obviously that's very difficult when you're, when you're married and uh, even in a different continent mm-hmm. where most poker happens. And uh, I would go on poker trips for three to six weeks, but you'd get started in your professional poker career, and then you'd come home and go back to coaching. It always felt in this weird middle ground. And anyway, once I was uh, divorced, I said, well, if there's no time like the present, you have no children, uh, you have no wife, anymore why don't you go out and see what happens and yeah for six months I played in Europe I played in Canada I played in the United States and you know what I'm done that's I got I got the WPT final table if I won it I don't think I would have I really don't think I'd be back out on the tour I I've lived that life where every Sunday I had 20 30,000 uh, invested between horses and myself every single day. I was investing five thousand dollars plus. Mm. Uh, I, I lived that life of play a live tournament for ten k, come home, fire five k. It was very exciting. I learned quite a bit of it, and yeah, thirty thousand hours in that field. It pays off in another way, which is I can coach now, which is I know what you're going through before you're going to go through it when you tell me about professional poker because I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And it's, it is, I have more, uh, it's really for my writing career is a big deal. That's the, that is the biggest thing. I love to write and I, I, I cannot do that on the road playing poker professionally because it is, if you want to be, a professional poker player, that's going to be your 50-hour-a-week job now. Mm-hmm. That's going to be 60-hour-a-week job now. The, the days of easy paychecks in poker are over. It is hard work now. Now, I can teach you, if you play recreationally, I can teach you how to make a lot, a lot of money, potentially, but it is still gambling, so there's no sure, sure thing. But if you, if you have... Uh, if you if you want these things, like if you want a balanced life, if you want savings, if you want a quote-unquote normal life with financial stability, and you are going to do it from playing poker, there is no doing it 20% of the time. There is no, you are studying, you are playing, you are studying, you are playing. And whereas... When I'm writing, it's just not fulfilling to me. Being on the felt all day is not fulfilling. Whereas writing anything, I just had an article come out. I don't even know who read it. It just made me feel happy. It just it makes me feel really happy to publish articles and get people to say that, hey, that really helped me with that. Yeah. The money doesn't really mean much. It's uh, the, the, the money... The money will come. It always does. Uh, and even then, like, it, it's not, 
that's the funny thing because uh, I've had this conversation no less than 20 times where I've told my friends, I'm just, uh, what, one of the projects I'm working on right now, I feel very narcissistic today, by the way, <laughs> just talking about myself so much, but I guess, I guess this is the Ask Alex show and we're 140 episodes in, so there's something to this. But uh, it, I've been telling my friends, yeah, I'm writing a lot more now, and I'm really having a good time. Well, what are you writing, another poker book? Well, actually, I'm almost, uh, I've written a bunch of short essays just about life on the road, life. There, there's some essays about getting sober. There's essays about coming back to America. Uh, there's essays just about what, it, what it's like to play professionally. Uh, just stuff I don't think you, the general public knows about me. Uh, there, there's one that one essay that I've shown my friends that really blows people's minds is the finances that come with playing poker professionally and how brutal it is, and just seeing how much money goes to taxes, how much money goes to airfare, how much money goes to your rent back home, and then your hotel on the road and then yeah. eat and then uh, trying to eat semi-healthy on the road and then you got to take care of your mother and you got to buy groceries for her and your health insurance and it, it, it literally there's there's an essay where it starts with me i have four million dollars in poker earnings and it goes down to show you how that can come to just close to nothing and not not saying now fortunately i it didn't turn into nothing otherwise I wouldn't have been able to pay my bills over the last 12 years but that essay gets a lot of people going oh my god but why would you write this why why would you put yourself in that spotlight and the the thing they keep saying is you can't make any money writing like this and I, I keep saying you you don't get it I'm not a money guy I've had a lot of money before and I didn't do anything with it. I I would just leave it in the bank and uh when I traveled I, I didn't really get I didn't go to the four seasons. I'd still be when I was in Hungary, I when I was in Hungary, uh I was I had a roommate in Budapest and I wanted to stay in this little apartment that we rented because it was nice and uh, it was clean and it was spacious, but he was the baller poker player. So no, this wasn't nice enough for him. And I, I never understood that. I, I just, I don't, it's, uh, drinking coffee and writing to me is close to heaven. Having a good conversation with someone who can educate me about something is close to heaven. Playing poker is fun. It is not heaven. It's, uh, it, it if that makes sense, mm -hmm. but Fortunately, I have the experience to do my job, so that's that's good. It's uh, yeah, yeah. You guys know. You listen to this show. You know I, you know I can help you out. Yeah. So okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get. Let's actually let's answer some strategy questions. Let's go. Yeah. Let me show you my chops. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, this one is uh, expansive. Um, this one is from Thomas Pavlovchik. Um, Tom, he's uh, asked to be called. Uh, hello guys, I would like to ask, inspired by Art of Learning, Jim, what would Alex teach a new student who never studied poker? What fundamentals and how? 
Thank you very much. Cheers, Tom. I, by the way, The Art of Learning was written by Josh Whiteskin, the guy we were just talking about. Uh, so that's pretty weird how that just came up. Uh, I would teach, I, I, I'm actually, I, it's really interesting you asked that, Tom, because uh, my girlfriend said I want to learn something about poker. And this was really weird for me because... Well, this is something a little off topic and maybe a little personal, but hopefully she doesn't mind me talking about it. But I've had this rule with my girlfriends and then my wife where we just don't talk poker. It, it, I, I literally get really, I used to get really angry at the dinner table when poker would come up because it, 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 it's almost belittling when all anybody wants to talk to you about is poker as if that's all you do. I don't, I don't even, when I'm at a party, I don't tell people what I do for a living because then it's going to be 20 questions for the poker player. Mm. And it's always the same ones over and over again. But one thing I like about New York is nobody really cares what I do. <laughs> they just don't. And one thing I liked about Costa Rica is nobody really cared what I did for a living. They just, uh, Oh, yeah, you play poker. That's nice. Thank you. That's all I want. Just treat me like a normal person. And it's not And it's not like they put me on a pedestal or knock me down when it comes to poker. It's just you don't meet a poker player normally in your life, and I don't want to be rude, but uh, I really respected how everybody in New York was just, oh, that's a cool job. That's interesting. You having fun with that? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I, I love what I do. I, I'm more on the teaching side. And then, uh, oh, cool, you can do that now? Oh, good for you. Yeah, consulting's good. And uh, so anyway, I was just in a good mood about it for a while. And uh, my girlfriend asked me, would you show me a few things with poker? And this is the first time I've ever shown anyone I've been, uh, any woman I've been in a relationship with much about poker uh, you know, I've, I've obviously I've shown a few things before, but I, I, I thought, okay, I'm really going to take this seriously, right? So we're, uh, we're in our, uh, we were in Vegas, and I pull out my deck of cards uh, that uh, I, I, I've never had a deck of cards before, but she gifted me a really funny one from Peru, which is, <laughs> uh, well, it's, uh, anyway, yeah, any, anyhow, uh, they... What I did, uh, Tom, is what I first started with was the opening strategy. And uh, what I started with first was these hands are trouble. So what I did was I put 26 hands out there uh, with the 52-card deck, and I said, okay, you're under the gun. First I taught her all the positions. Uh, she learned that really quickly. I taught her... Uh, I said, and I was trying to boil it down to as simple as possible because it's, I'm finding the older I get, the more good advice is just simple. You'll never, the more complicated it is, the less applicable it is, right? There's a, this, this is, I'm going to remind me Barry to nerd out about something after this question, Okay. Because okay. it's something I've learned recently that has changed my life. And it, it's a combination of, it, it's literally it's literally like seven words. But uh, I, I don't want to go off topic right now, so do remind me about this afterward. 
But uh, anyway, I started with the opening strategy, and that was really good because we got into why why big cards weren't always that good. And then I realized this is too complex. And then this was becoming really fun to me, which uh, which was, okay, how could I make this really, really easy? And then I said, position, aggression, position, aggression. We're always going to do position, aggression, right? And then we, and then I went through starting hands and got her to play very, very carefully from earlier position and then play. And then I ran through some boards and I showed her how she could win just being aggressive in position. And then, uh, and the funniest thing is that, uh, I have my PBSH model, which is uh, position, bigger pot, superior hands, heads up. And really, it was a lot of that stuff again. And it it was uh, the other thing that I worked on was what hands do you play heads up and what hands do you play multi-way? And this is something I've never really seen in a beginner's poker book. But I went through the rankings of the hands and I said to, and then uh, at one point we continued our lessons in Queens, and uh, her roommate walked in, and uh, he, he's a he's a he's a cool dude. And then he was uh, we were we were talk we were talking through it, and I realized well then it became really fun challenge a really fun challenge for me because I was saying, okay, how could I teach? Uh, how could I, if I had four minutes to teach this person, because this, it, how could I teach this this guy? And I, I held out six, seven of clubs, and I held out ace-queen offsuit. And I said, what hand when your head's up and no limit hold'em generally wins by the river? And we went through all the rankings of hands, and they guessed, well, I think it's like one pair, right? And I was like, yeah, it's usually one pair is about what wins. Now, do you think one pair is a good hand with multiple people? And they thought, well, no, probably not, because now you got more combinations of hands, so it's likely someone's going to hit something big. And I, right there, Barry, I think they're further ahead than 90% of the people in your Scottish casino, right? Because they treat, they treat one pair like it's the nuts everywhere on earth when it's a multi-way pot. So I just brought out, okay, here's six, seven of clubs. This hand's really good with multiple people. Uh, this is ace in offsuit. This hand is really good with one person, uh, but you got to be careful with it if the pocket's too big. And then we were running through some hands, and I started playing heads up, and it got to be a pretty social thing as we brought more people in. I felt, I felt like they were really getting it. It was really cool. It was really fun. I, I'd never seen just complete beginners pick up the game so quick, and it really was more about keep it heads up, keep it in position, stay aggressive, pick the right hands. The suited connectors when it's multi-way, the big cards when your head's up, keep it in position. And that will take you so far in poker. So, yeah, uh, Thomas, I'd start with that if you're trying to teach anyone. I think that would be uh, that's a great way to show people the skill edge in poker, just doing the board runouts and then putting them in, putting them in a hypothetical situation where – they they keep getting bet at out of position and introducing them to how uncomfortable that is and then shifting them to being in position and seeing how comfortable that is. And then uh, 
anyway, uh, so yeah, good luck to you, Thomas. And the thing I wanted to geek out about. Okay, I'm now, so wait a second. Yeah, Barry. Good job, Barry. Wait, you, you had to say five words in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, and I, took, I was a way to remind you that seven words, but you remembered yourself, so. I yeah, exactly. Well, no, I, I coupled these two things recently, and it's just changing my life, which is, uh, I think his name is Mark Manson, the guy who wrote The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. And uh, his... Uh, he has this part of the book where he said, you got to have certain values that define your life. Because if you have a, one, one thing that always stuck with me is I, I, an older gentleman one time I heard said when a younger man was trying to uh, change an appointment was I like to keep my appointments on. And it was very much a, and actually, there was a, if you want to see, there's a, in Parks and Recreation, they do it too. It's a very old-timey thing in the States, which is, a, if you're talking to a very proper older gentleman, if he made an appointment, he is showing up, and he's not rescheduling it for you, and you better be there. And that's a value in life. That's not in the book. But I always remember being very struck by hearing a man say that, which is, I like to keep my appointments on. I keep my appointments on. And he was saying, you got to have values you live your life by. And one of the ones he brings up is do something, which I think is really good for anyone with anxiety, which is, let's just assume it's most of us. Pretty much everybody has days that can't get up or they have days they're they're procrastinating quite a bit, and his big thing is just do something. So I was, I had that in my head for a few days because I was very overwhelmed. the the The, the World Series is very overwhelming. You got, you have l- poker events every day, and then prepping for the main event was insane this year. I did a lot of prep work before I played that tournament, and uh, I. I I got back to my desk and I had all this work to do and I just got very stressed out and I found myself just putting things off and procrastinating and finally I just remembered his words which was do something so I just the first thing I did was make my bed <laughs> it was the <laughs> I was okay I'm going to make my bed and then I looked at my bed and I went that felt pretty good and then I had some dirty clothes, and I said, I'm going to go wash these. So now, and then, okay, so I'm doing really well. And then my second thing, and yeah, you guys are getting nothing but life philosophy for the rest of the day. I'm just letting you know, because th- I'm really excited about this, because this is changing my life, and I hope it helps you guys as well. So the first thing is do something. And the second, uh, I guess this is just five words. The second thing is five-second rule. And uh, have you heard of this book, The Five-Second Rule, Barry? No, no, I've not heard of that one. Well, essentially, this woman was in a tough time in her life, and she she got this idea where she saw she saw a rocket taking off on TV, and she, she kept not being able to get out of bed. In the morning, she was drinking too much. She was, she admits she was being a bad wife to her husband, uh, she was being a bad mother to her kids. 
Which, right there, I respect this woman quite a bit. That is, those are really hard things to admit at some point, right? And she saw this, she, I guess she was another night having a glass of wine, and she wasn't feeling that good. And uh, she saw a rocket on TV in the 54321, and she said, that's how I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm not even going to give myself time to psych myself out. Which, uh, it, it, which in the morning she woke up and she wanted to hit the snooze button again and she was like, okay, five, four, three, two, one, here I go. And then she went, wait, hold up. I'm up. Right? And then, uh, wow, hey, it worked. And then uh, she just started trying to apply it for a lot of different things. And actually, she, okay, so, so she started looking into it because she said, well, this is way too stupid to be real. And uh, it's interesting because I was just reading a book called Wired to Eat, and it, it more or less confirmed this, which is humans are wired to eat a lot and not move. Because if you think about it, if you ate a lot back in the day, uh, back when we were fighting saber-toothed tigers, hey, that's pretty cool. You don't have to go hunt and risk yourself uh, being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. And, hey, the less you move, the less there's a likelihood that saber-toothed tiger gets a hold of you or an opposing tribe or something. So you're actually wired to eat, not really move, and to be a little lazy, which makes sense because that's if you can become clever, you can if you can become clever, Laziness breeds cleverness, it, uh, being clever, and that breeds making tools, and that eventually leads to the iPhone. Uh, but it does mean you're still a little lazy. So it's more of a way of getting past your hardwiring, which is set to make you a little lazier. And the th her whole belief is, and she does back this up with some neuroscience in the book, but I don't even care because I can tell you from experience it works which is if you give yourself more than five seconds you're going to psych yourself out right and if you this is really true if you've ever gone up to a beautiful woman uh you know if you start thinking about it it's not going to work you just have to you just have to do it and i remembered it, it was funny when i was a, a commercial fishing I, I was in a situation where if I overslept, I was gonna get I I was gonna get my pay docked up in Alaska. So I literally, when I was 18 years old, I would go okay one two three. I didn't do a countdown, but I'd be going one two three. And this was back when we were working 16, literally 20 hour shifts. Uh, and I could still get up as long as I didn't think about it. But if I thought about it, I was stuck in my uh, I was stuck in my bunk for another seven minutes, and then I would get out there, and my uh, my skipper would scream bloody murder at me because that he, he's got a pretty tight schedule, right? So it, it, obviously he had a problem with it. But yeah, I've just been repeating those words: do something five-second rule. So whenever I have an impulse, I should write that person. I haven't reached out to that person in a while. If I give it 15 seconds, I'll justify why it's not the right time and why it's not good. But if you just do any, do something, do any movement, you will get moving toward it. So I yesterday just crushed it at work. The day before, I just crushed it at work because every time I had an impulse, I got to do that. I got to do this. I uh, 
it, it, I just got it done because I just started moving and then magically it was never as hard as I imagined it to be. And then, uh, ah, damn, there was one other thing. She has this thing in the book that I really appreciated. I'm not done with the book yet, but she, so for all I know, she goes on a, a racist xenophobic rant in the last 30 pages. By the way, guys, I apologize (laughs) if that's in there, but, uh, no, there's one part of the book where she says, you'll never feel like it. Motivation, motivational speaking, motivation, motivational videos, they're all garbage. You're never going to feel like it. You can watch them for a bit. You can get good ideas, but it's you at the end of the day who has to move. And I, I just, that resonated with me really, really, really well, which is in going back. I'm sorry. I'm so excited about this. I have to tell everybody. Um, that book, The Happiness Equation, had something in that book that talked about we always think we're going to feel motivated and then we're going to move to do something where really it's actually the opposite, which is you start moving on something and that's when you become motivated. And that's really the last few days that's really been making sense to me, which is just, okay, I, I, I can't move. Even yesterday, I can't get out of my bed. I can't. I don't have a lesson, so I, I don't have a reason to get out of my bed. My pay is not going to get docked if I don't get out of bed. And then I don't want to get out of bed. I don't feel like getting out of bed. I'm going to stay here. It's, wa- it's warm in here. I'm cozy. And then I just, the thought comes in, do something. Okay, what could I do? Make my bed. But I'm feeling five, four, three, two, one. All right, I'm up. God. All right. Making my bed. Making my bed. Okay. All right, the bed's made. That kind of looks nice. I don't want to get back into it because it looks nice. Okay, maybe, maybe I'll go rinse out that dish I left in the sink. And then it just, one thing leads to another, and... Sure enough, work has gone really well for a few days. And, yeah. So, yeah, anyways, guys, I, that was an example to me of how the best lessons are super simple. Do something, five-second rule. There you go, five words. Tell me if that works for any of you guys. Please write in. And, by the way, I cited all my sources because those are not my ideas, but they really, really have been helping me lately, and I really hope they help you. That's why I wanted to share it. Okay. Um, all right, I kind of thought the show would go like that. Obviously, with deciding, you know, you are fully focused on coaching now, and um, I know we will see you at tournaments or cash games somewhere along the line. You will always play, but now you're, you when you call yourself, you will say full-time poker coach is uh, yes, sir. what Alex yes, is, sir. is now, uh, and writer. So, um, Alex, how can people get in touch with you then for poker coaching you're going to have, I assume, more time to do that now as well with not playing and just dedicating yourself to that. So uh, are more slots going to be available, etc.? Why don't you tell people how they can get in touch and get involved and get some coaching? Yes, sir. Actually, yeah, I'm reducing prices. Uh, uh, my talent coaching program, which used to be $1,000 to get into, I'm going to put down to 750 I was actually probably going to do this sometime next week, but if you... Uh, yeah, I'm putting lessons down to 125 an hour right now uh, because I genuinely really enjoy coaching. 
So if you want to do a lesson for 125, it's just the full lesson. It's the database review. It's whatever you want to do. It's 125 an hour now. If you bought lessons at the old price, just write me an email. I'll I'll adjust your I'll, I'll adjust it so you get lessons at the new price. It's not a big deal. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I have a lot more lesson hours open. Uh, it should be. Uh, we're gonna have to. In the old days, I'd go like 75, 80 minutes. Uh, I think if we have a really full schedule, I really have to keep it to an hour now. But yeah, they're gonna be 125. Uh, they're gonna be 125 an hour. So you can write me about that. And if you get a package of, uh, if you get a package of six of them, you get access to my private chat rooms, which is, which means you get, uh, you get to talk with. It's my little poker forum heaven, which is, it's just 40, 50 people who all have invested time and money in their game and come from all walks of life and are super polite and love to discuss hands. And it's my, by the way, Barry, uh, you're not invited. Uh, sorry about that. I need to invite you quite literally to this place. I feel bad. But, uh, <laughs> it's a... Uh, it, it was, uh, I was trying to do a play on words, but I did it very poorly. Uh, but yeah, anyway, no, it's just, it's my little, it's a private chat room I put together. The technology was finally together where I could do it for very little money. And it, it was one of those things, it wasn't going to pay me much on the back end, but I was thinking, what a cool thing to do, because discussing hands is always such a waste of time online, unless you get into a specialized community like Tournament Poker Edge or something like that. And I thought it'd be so fun to get all my students uh, in one place. And yeah, so it's uh, generally it's uh, it's for the talent coaching subscribers. So if you get six of them, you get introduced to that. And then what you get there is you get three to five hands uh, every every week, where essentially I will set, put a hand history in the chat thread. I will ask questions. Everybody will discuss it, and then I'll do a five minute video explaining my answer for it. And if you buy the talent coaching package, I'm just, I don't plan on taking anybody out of that chat room. So you can just get education from then until the dawn of time. And uh, I already, by the way, I already put notes like this together in my notebooks from my lessons because that's how I make sure I'm keeping the concepts I'm teaching down and uh, to put into a book or something later. So it doesn't take me any time, and it adds a lot of value to your guys' coaching. So I thought that would be fun. It would also, if you get six of them, you get access to, uh, you get access to free group lessons uh, every month, and where essentially myself and one of my friends, we, we are one of my students even, we, we just go over, uh, we, we go over a lesson privately and everybody can watch. And you get a free copy of the Myth and Poker Talent, and you get a free copy of Flopzilla. And, yeah, that's like the big package uh, for seven fifty for six. And if you want to just do one for one we we're open on that now. Just so you know, talent coaching subscribers get preference uh, because they're doing a more long-term thing. So they, if you do that, you always get in within two, three weeks with the talent coaching guys. Uh, but... Just letting you know, I'm probably going to be doing three, four lessons a day, so you'll probably still get in with two or three, uh, two two or three weeks, right? And uh, or at least three lessons a day. In which case, I should be able to get a lot of people in. And yeah, full, my full time gig now. So um, write me at alexandpokeredrush.com if you want to discuss uh, any options. Uh, 
just be advised, I do get a ton of emails, so sometimes it takes me a few days to get back to you. Just know I got your email. I'm going to get back to you. Don't worry. And uh, follow me on Twitter, at The Assassinato. Uh, you can follow my blog at PokerHeadRush.com. And please sign up for my newsletter at PokerHeadRush.com. Have you been enjoying the new frequent emails, Barry? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been reading them. Oh, good. You, you're liking them? Yeah, There's, yeah, uh, yeah. I always, I always read your newsletter when it comes in. It's into the email. It gets through my junk uh, filters, and uh, I read it, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we got, but yeah, if you sign up for that newsletter, you get all the free videos and the free articles. And uh, there's been a lot of articles recently because I've really returned to writing, and that's been pretty fun. And yeah, free free videos, free. Uh, 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 what was the other thing? <laughs> Hand history reviews, uh, things that, things of that nature. Oh, podcasts. I, I do send out the podcast too now through that. Yeah. Yeah, if you just, I I publish a lot of free stuff all over the internet, and if you're not scouring the internet with a Google alert on my name, it could be very difficult for you to find all of them. So I just put it all together in one place on my newsletter, and that way, if uh, if you're like me, when I was 17, you can't rub two nickels together, and uh, but you still want a ton of free poker content. Well, there you go. Just sign up for that. You don't have to do anything. You'll get free content for years, and uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's it, Barry. Let's wrap this one up. Okay. And um, right, Alex. Thanks very much. Uh, you've been very descriptive, open, and explaining and all that. Because I know a few people are like retired, what and whatever. But as I say, people that have never played poker for a living will not really sort of like grasp that. But people that play poker and the guys that listen to our show will understand it because. We've been talking for years now about, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. And it's really just a, a, a mindset change, you know, a, sort of, a, a sort of shift. I mean, it's, Alex isn't saying he's never going to play poker again. You know, it's just he's not playing poker for a living. And who knows, in the future, you might be a professional poker player again. It might be your sole income again, Alex. You never know. Life's like that, you know. Poker's, poker's not going anywhere anyway. We can agree on that. Um, okay, so uh, don't forget, send questions in for Alex on a future show, questions at oneouter.com on email, post them in the Facebook group or tweet them to me and we will get them read out. We already got a few for next week and the following weeks, but keep them coming and we will get to them eventually. Uh, do write in, we, we do like it, and as I say, there's no show and we can't be... We can't be retiring um, from that, you know. So uh, <laughs> never. Yes, never, never. This will keep going, you know, on our deathbeds. Um, okay, Alex, thanks very much for coming this week and answering the questions and, and talking about your decision and stuff like that. Um, we will see everybody next week. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.